Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. All right. As I said, this is the Roadmap Benzinga's NFT show airing Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern time. It features myself and also co-host Maz. Maz, what's going on, buddy? How are you doing today? What's up, Chris? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I, I wanted to make sure we let our viewers know that we actually only have one episode of the roadmap this week. Uh, ben Zinga will be airing a uh, event over the next two days. So today, stick with us. Um, but we'll be back next week with a full slate of the roadmap content. Uh, Maz, before we get into news and headlines, you know, we, we had some interviews last week between the roadmap and also looks rare. So just want to, you know, recap that a little bit. So for anyone out there, um, you know, you can go back and watch those episodes. But Maz, we had Sappy Seals on, right? And that was a fun one, you know, talking about uh, uh, the staking being based on, on rarity. Um, and then we also had on uh, Banana Society, a new upcoming mint that uh, will bridge fantasy sports with NFTs. And then we also had Cryptoon Goons on Thursday. And then I know that on Looks Rare, you had Defenders of Dogewood. So between the two shows, we had four interviews last week, four exciting projects. Uh, what do you think, Maz? Uh, you know, what stands out to you from uh, some of these teams that we talked to? You know, yeah. Uh, you know, anyone watching now, you know, I suggest looking back on Benzinga's YouTube channel and watch some of these interviews. It's great, Chris, talking to these teams. You know, they're all different, how they run things, you know, how transparent they want to be things like that. Uh, the thing I love the most is just hearing them talk about the project and how they started it, you know, because a lot of we're in an NFT space where there's just so many cash grabs. And I feel like we do a good job of bringing teams that are not necessarily that that are more term, right? So I just love coming uh, when they come on and just hearing their thoughts about how they started and what their plans are. Uh, you know, different personalities always makes it fun as well to you never know who get uh, how they're gonna talk so you know it's a blast so to anybody watching definitely suggest to look back at the you know these interviews that we do there's a lot of alpha hidden in these interviews so yeah yeah that's a great point Maz you know obviously with uh, this show being called the roadmap we always try to ask you know what's coming up next for some of these projects uh you know and maybe hear about what they have planned in the future um, you know, and, and you had Defenders of Dogewood on Thursday night, and that's a, a new yeah. play to earn game. And, you know, play to earn, we've seen have huge growth. And it's one of those areas where I really think, you know, people just need to hear it. They need to hear what that's all about, what it entails and get that education element, which is what we're trying to provide, you know, across these shows on Benzinga's YouTube channel. Exactly. Yeah. Play to earn is something I'm excited about for the future um you know a lot of these awesome you know interfaces and ways to make money while also having fun and bringing the gamification to nfts uh yeah man excited to see it you know what i love the most is you know doing these interviews and looking back at these projects in two three months or looking forward yes. at these projects in two to three months for example we had robotos oni and seeing them how they progress so much dude it makes us fun so i'm glad we're able to kind of record these videos and do that and look back at them yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, it's always nice to go back and, you know, see, hey, wait a sec. Did they tell us that this was going to happen? Did they yeah. provide a hint that, you know, even you and I may have missed? So, uh, Maz, let's dive into the the news and the headlines here. You know, it's Tuesday. One of the things we always like to do is take a, a look back at last week's top NFTs by sales volume. So using uh, Crypto Slam here, you know, obviously SE Infinity, number one, but amongst, you know, the ETH-based NFTs, we got the Sandbun second place, Board Ape Yacht Club third, CryptoPunks fourth, then we got Wizards and Dragons game, a new project, Mutant Ape Yacht Club, Wolf Game, Art Blocks, Ape Kids Club, and Desperate Ape Wives. Uh, Maz, I mean, there's some some common themes there, right? We're we're seeing some of these blue chips really pick up in volume. I mean, Board Ape Yacht Club, Art Blocks, CryptoPunks all had a great week last week. We're also seeing Ape Derivatives there, Ape Kids Club, which we'll get into a later on, and Desperate Ape Wives, and then also Play to Earn Games, right? Wizards and Dragons game, a new game, and Wolf game, 
Uh, in the top 10 list, what do you make out of, you know, the, these 10 sales volume leaders from last week? You know, it's crazy to me how anything ape seems to always sell, you know, it's crazy. Um, and me and you talked about dust. not even half of what it is now so it's crazy to see that uh that's a surprise to me that's probably the biggest surprise out of everything on the list here um yeah that in the games but seeing these ape derivatives is crazy you know they always they always do well it seems like yeah and one of the things we we talked about that was you know whether or not you know maybe the board ape society you know takes hold and they really you know appreciate it and they get in themselves um, Desperate Ape Wives, I think, really just appealed because it had that missing element, right? That a lot of the bored apes are male-driven characteristics. And Desperate Ape Wives, obviously, female apes and, you know, more of the feminine characteristics. And, you know, Maz, that's something we've heard some of these new teams when we interview them, right? And talking about the traits, a lot of them try to do, you know, traits to be inclusive. And, you know, back when Board Ape launched, you know, maybe they, they didn't have enough of those female traits. And, and that's something that, you know, where some of these derivative projects from apes have an advantage. Uh, what do you think about the male and female traits? Yeah, no, I agree. Well, first of all, you know, just to be honest, I think the ape wives are hideous. I hate them as far as aesthetically. <laughs> um, I do think, you know, we do need more inclusiveness in the NFT space as a whole. Um, so if this does bring that great, uh, I don't know if the founder is a female or male. I don't think they market themselves as that. I just think it just wanted to make like, uh, it seems like, uh, you know, they wanted to target the board apes to find their spouse or something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't, I personally don't like these at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I, I feel like the lipstick is pretty, uh, overpowering on, on these NFTs. I do like some of the characteristics. I mean, Maz, when we looked at this before, you know, there was like a Lois from Family Guy. There was a Wilma Flintstone. There was, you know, Marge Simpson, I think, yeah. um, you know, some different, uh, you know, well-known female, um, you know, uh, characters from shows. Right. And I liked that, but I mean, to me, the, the lipstick's really overpowering. I don't think they do different lipstick color at all. It's like, oh, I guess there's pink there. I was going to say, I, I always see the red ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, to each their own, I guess, uh, when looking at, um, you know, the artwork. Uh, but yeah, uh, I know it has turned some people away from this project for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think no, the message is great. I just think aesthetically, they're not as clean as board apes, in my opinion. You know, obviously, art's subjective. That's just, you know, my personal opinion. But, you know, I, I'm glad to see this project do well. Um, you know, we talked about it from the beginning a couple of weeks ago. So it's great to see that. Uh, yeah. Let's see. So, Chris, uh, another big news with board apes this week. I don't know if you heard. I'm sure you've heard, actually. So they were rugged by Apple. Um, they delayed their game has been delayed as well because of apple so we can pull up the tweet here let's i would kind of want to see it um yeah so they posted something in their discord where it says you know unfortunately the mobile game competition has been delayed um you know they got rugged by apple essentially they had the game previously approved um you know without any issues and then it just got taken down zero explanation uh so that's crazy to see um you know, what, what What happens here? Do we create a Web3 app base or do does Apple work with Bored Apes or what's going to happen? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is a mess by Apple, right? I mean, we're seeing these big partners and big brands wanting to work with Bored Ape Yacht Club. I mean, they just got the Adidas deal. They have a talent agency deal. And here you have Apple, you, you know, getting all the blame from Board Ape Yacht Club now, that's not a good look for Apple. The thing that stands out to me in that uh, explanation in the Discord is that they were approved ahead of time. So it's not like this was Board Ape just, you know, deciding, hey, let's launch this game and hope that it, you know, it is okay. They, they, it sounds like they had tried and they had reached out to Apple to make sure it was okay ahead of time. Apple said yes. And then all of a sudden Apple, you know, took it down or came back against them. So that's the part I don't like out of this and I think really makes uh, Apple look bad. Um, but I mean, Maz, great point. You know, is this something where some of these NFTs that want to do mobile games or games in the future, are they going to have to develop their own platforms? Are they going to have to do, you know, web-based games? 
because uh, based on this, you know, maybe uh, Apple has a problem with uh, some of this. So uh, I don't know, but I know a lot of people were looking forward to playing that game, Maz, and uh, now they've got to wait even longer. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Apple because we've seen the controversy with like social media as well, right? Where they just monetize. They want to allow these uh, companies or apps to monetize on their app store. Um, So I would like to see a change there because again, you know, they can make a new platform, but having it on everyone, almost everyone has iPhones, right? Being able to download it, the app store would just make it next level. But, you know, Tokenizer of Carbon here in the comments made a great point. This is great publicity for Board Ape Yacht Club, right? Great publicity for NFTs. Um, you know, so it, I'm, it's going to bring more awareness to the space, which is great. And hopefully we do see a solution sometime in the future. Um, I'm going to be watching to see how they handle this because this is going to kind of set the standard for other projects, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, great point, um, as, you know, calling out that comment in the chat. This is publicity for, for Board Ape Yacht Club and... You know, to me, again, bad publicity for Apple here, good publicity for Board Ape Yacht Club. And, you know, uh, th- this game was going to run exclusive on iOS. I mean, uh, the other thing is, you know, I-, I know a lot more people probably play the games on iOS, but, you know, does Google at least try to reach out and see if they can make an Android-based uh, version of the game? Um, definitely something that we can follow along with this story, but... uh you know, I, I, I'm just not sure uh, if Apple could have, uh, you know, handled this any worse here. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, someone said, bring it to Android, right? So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see, bring it to Android. Um, yeah, you know, I, I can't wait to see what happens with this. You know, Board Ape sets the standard for a lot of these projects. So we'll see. I guess we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. And speaking of Board Apes, Maz, you know, we talk all the time about celebrities and big names getting into Bored Apes. I mean, that's why we talked recently about, you know, will Bored Apes flip CryptoPunks in floor price? And if you saw the thumbnail to this photo or to this video, you saw that Dr. Disrespect, so a well-known gamer on YouTube, um, formerly on other gaming platforms, he's got millions of followers on YouTube, millions of followers on Twitter. During a live stream yesterday, Uh, He was reading comments and someone was talking about Board Ape Yacht Club and he said, yes, he'd love to own a Board Ape Yacht Club. So, I I mean, Maz, there's a lot of takeaways here, right? Because Dr. Disrespect, I'm assuming, has some money, right, from being a well-known gamer, getting lots of views. He probably could go buy a Board Ape. But maybe the fact that he doesn't know how is an opportunity, right, for a company like MoonPay. I saw someone mention that in his uh, tweets uh, saying, you know, MoonPay, like, hook him up. Um, You know, so is it an opportunity for Bored Ape to reach out and say, hey, we want you in the community? We saw Kylie Jenner kind of get rejected by the community, right, when she said she wanted a Bored Ape. Uh, Maz, what do you make of this? Obviously, Board Ape doesn't need the celebrities. They don't need the influencers, but they keep getting them, and there's still more to come. Yeah, I think it's great. They don't need the celebrities. They don't need to pay anybody, and I love that. You know, my favorite projects are the ones that don't do that um, because, you know, these celebs want it. And, you know, it's funny. They're going to try to find, you know, a moon pay or somebody else to buy it for them and maybe do like a deal behind the scenes. But from board ape themselves i doubt they'll do that and i think that's awesome you know it adds it adds more value to board apes it has more value you know cool cats i think does that as well they don't pay for any celebs or anything like that um so yeah i think that's great man i think it's great that people want them i just don't think board apes are going to be like here join our community i don't think they cared and they shouldn't you know they've they've built something they don't need that to like they that's, don't need that's, to yeah there's uh, only ten thousand. you know Great, great point, Maz. That was one of the highlights of the interview Thursday with Cryptoon Goons, right? Was, you know, that project got some hype from some big names, right? Yeah. Gary V and others, but they weren't part of the marketing plan for that NFT, right? It just happened that, you know, those influencers liked the artwork and found it on their own and then essentially gave them the free publicity. So, you know, that's always a a difference we get when talking with these teams, right? Is some NFTs, you know, try to, you know, do that as their marketing, right? Reach out to celebrities, reach out to influencers to really get that word of mouth out there. And others, they don't do it, but they end up, you know, just kind of lucking into it, right? So, uh, 
you know, Board Ape just over time has, you know, really gained that loyal following of their community. And then also seeing these huge names, you know, want to get into the space as well. Exactly. You know, and it's interesting because like these top name projects, they don't need to pay for endorsements, right? So that's the thing we're seeing is, you know, you have influencers from, you know, traditional social media coming on thinking that they can just kind of like, hey, let me do something out. Um, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see because again, do 50, you know, 50 Ethereum, what is that? $200,000 for one. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not cheap. And I think people are realizing that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, so speaking of board apes and you know influencers, Chris, FaZe Clan announced a multi-year partnership with MoonPay, right? So again, you know, these companies, these influencers are making deals with MoonPay. It seems to be MoonPay. I can't even think of any other companies besides MoonPay. <laughs> That's right the now. only they're, one they're, I know right now. <laughs> they're killing it. Um, yeah, so they made a deal with MoonPay on Tuesday. Um, so this is the largest partnership for MoonPay yet. Uh, you know, a company they offer MoonPay. What they do is they offer, you know, easy, secure way to buy NFTs and cryptocurrencies. I've never used MoonPay before, but I've, I know a lot of people that have, uh, and they seem to be the name out there right now for people that may not know about NFTs or how to get into it. You use MoonPay. Um, so they're going to be the official crypto and NFT partner of FaZe Clan. So the deal includes content and media between FaZe Clan and MoonPay that will launch next year. Um, so the companies are going to integrate MoonPay. And they're going to create original content to the FaZe Clan community. So, yeah, that's going to be crazy to see. FaZe Clan's going to use MoonPay for its uncoming, upcoming NFT initiatives. Um, so, yeah, what do we think of this, Chris? It's happening. It's happening. And so many big names, companies, people are getting into NFTs. And, I mean, uh, Maz, you know, esports is a huge market, right? It saw tremendous growth over the past couple of years. And FaZe Clan... It is one of the largest names out there. They've got some big names as players in the different uh, esports tournaments. They also have some, you know, athletes and like uh, Bronny uh, Jr., LeBron James' son is, you know, part of their influencer network. Um, so Face Clan partnering with MoonPay. I mean, Maz, we just talked about MoonPay and here they are in the news again. I mean, they've helped Jimmy Fallon. They've helped Post Malone. They've helped other celebrities. And now they're partnering with Face Clan. Uh, if you didn't know the MoonPay name before, I just think, you know, you're going to know it in the NFT space real soon because uh, they are growing rapidly. And uh, Maz, I'm like you. I've never used their platform, um, but I hear about it from others and especially through the news cycle of these celebrities. So, uh, I mean, I think MoonPay is just growing. And for FaZe Clan, I think this is a great deal for them, right? They're going to get yeah. paid, you know, to do this deal, but they're also going to be able to launch NFTs through MoonPay. And, you know, we, we saw esports, right, where people buy the merch of these esport athletes. They buy trading cards of esports players. And now you're going to have the opportunity to buy NFTs of your favorite, you know, esports competitor. I, I think there could be a market for that, right? The collectability Maybe you get some exclusive rewards if you own a FaZe Clan NFT, right? Maybe you get, you know, to watch certain streams or you get invited to, you know, in-person events. They could do some sort of reward with those NFTs in the future. So I'm excited to see what this deal brings. Yeah. Um, the UI kind of reminds me of PayPal when you just pulled it up right now. It looks yep. very similar to PayPal. So I can see it as like the crypto version of PayPal. Um, yeah. So that's not a bad position to be in. Yeah, I think it's all about ease of use, right? I mean, we've seen that with, you know, Coinbase, right? There's a lot of different platforms that you can buy cryptocurrency on, but one of the largest out there is Coinbase. And I really feel like, you know, even, even though Coinbase doesn't offer all the coins, they don't have the lowest fees. It's very user-friendly and easy to use. So if MoonPay can accomplish that, you know, in the NFT space, I, I think, you know, there, there's runway growth. Uh, with that opportunity, you just said it, you saw the UI there on the screen. It looks very easy to use. It's similar to other platforms in the fintech space. Um, you know, that makes me think that, yeah, MoonPay uh, could really have some growth here. Absolutely. All right. And then, I mean, Matt, speaking of big brands, right? Uh, one of the biggest well-known brands of 2021, if you've followed the, the stock market, right, is AMC Entertainment. So the movie theater company, 
So they recently launched uh, Spider-Man NFTs, right? For anyone who bought tickets to Spider-Man, the, the new movie, they are now launching their second NFT. And this one's kind of unique because you have to own shares of AMC in order to get this NFT. It's going to launch on the Wax blockchain and it is going to feature the words, I own AMC right there on screen. So again, you have to be an AMC shareholder to get this, but eventually you'll be able to buy and sell it, you know, on the Wax blockchain. Um, the, the big thing that stands out with this, Maz, right? Well, two big things is one, AMC is going all in on NFTs, right? They launched Spider-Man. Now they're doing this I own AMC. The other thing, though, is that this is available for all AMC shareholders, which is over 425,000 people, according to that press release. Um, Maz, we talk about supply, right? So Board Ape Yacht Club, 10,000, right? We just talked about that. This AMC NFT, they, obviously we won't know the number until they, they release this because you have to sign up by December 31st to be a shareholder and part of that Investor Connect. But based on those numbers, Maz, I'm guessing that there's going to be hundreds of thousands of this NFT I mean, does that mean that we're not going to see, you know, real value in this? Is it just a collector's item? You know, you know, what do you think of the individual NFT and then also about AMC, you know, really going hard on NFTs to end the year here? Yeah, I mean, NFT seems to be a hot word, right? So you put NFT into anything, you get talked about. Um, it just seems like it's marketing for them. You know, hey, I want an NFT, AMC NFT, let me buy some stock. Um, so it just kind of seems like, like NFT is that hot word right now that anybody and everybody's trying to use to drive traffic to not a bad play, to be honest. I, I give them credit for that. Um, do they fully understand the concept of NFTs and what they're actually used for? I don't know, you know, but I do think, you know, it's working as far as uh, us, you know, giving them publicity. So good for them. And they did say it would include like some airdrop discounts, Maz. So, you know, we see <laughs> airdrops happen in the NFT space, right? Where you get another NFT or maybe some, you know, metaverse items. Uh, AMC at least knew enough to say airdrop and they are going to airdrop <laughs> discounts. So maybe if you own this NFT, you get a free popcorn or something. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm curious to see how it goes over. How many people actually get it? And, you know, once it hits the Wax blockchain, do we actually see, you know, it start to, to sell, um, you know, to people who are not able to get it? Because uh, that could really determine, you know, obviously the, va the value here. You know, I think, Chris, this is a great example of realizing that all NFTs aren't to buy and sell. You know, some I think that's kind of the market right now. You buy an NFT, you can flip it. I do think we're seeing more of a use case for these companies to avoid. I mean, I don't think it's going to have any value in the aftermarket, to be honest. Maybe not now, maybe in 10, 20, sure. Um, but kind of going away from that immediate flip and more so like, you know, it's a collection item, like you said. You know, it's it's like a certificate, participation certificate, you know? Um, yep. And, it, and it's a way for these companies to market themselves, right? Like you mentioned airdrops. AMC, instead of sending you emails or, uh, you know, mail, they can just airdrop you their offers, yep. now, right? So easy way to get 400 plus 400 plus people on your list now of you're going to go to the theaters smart you know i love that i think that's a good idea and it goes away from the use of you know buying and selling nfts but also do get some value so you know i'm, I'm excited to see this definitely um chris so let's talk DraftKings, right Kings NFTs with NFL. NFL has been making the headlines with NFTs for uh, the last month or so. So props to them for being, you know, they've dropped some cool stuff in the last month. Um, so they're they're coming with uh, DraftKings and they're going to have gamification, right? That you can use it in fantasy sports. It's going to start with the 2022-2023 season and it can compete with Dapper Labs to create an NBA Top Shot version. Um, you know, what do we think? I love this, right? I think it's combining two things I like, right? Uh, NFTs and fantasy sports slash sports betting. Um, yeah. DraftKings is one of the largest companies out there, right? In daily fantasy sports and sports betting. And Maz, that's where I really think they have an advantage here. So DraftKings and FanDuel were the two big daily fantasy sports, you know, leaders for years, right? And then when sports betting got legalized in a lot of these states, DraftKings and FanDuel had such an advantage, right, that they had this built-in cross-selling opportunity. They had 
you know, millions of emails of people who enjoyed fantasy sports that they could send an email to and say, hey, we know you like fantasy sports. How about sports betting? You know, here's free money to come bet with us and use our platform. And now DraftKings is going to be able to do that with people who like the NFL. They're going to be able to market to them and say, hey, we know that you like NFL games. Come buy these NFTs and you can use them in fantasy sports contest against other people. I just think that gives them a big advantage. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of NBA Top Shot and Dapper Labs and what they've done. They're going to launch a similar item. So we're going to get a ton of NFL NFTs all of a sudden, Maz. And, you know, the big question there would be, are we going to run into oversupply with two platforms, you know, trying to compete against each other? Or is this just going to bring, you know, new people to the space like we've talked about for, for weeks on this show, right? That Top Shot brought new people to NFTs and NFL NFTs could have the same effect. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a great point you said there as far as bringing new people in. You know, we kind of saw that with NFL trading cards that launched this week. Um, you know, you come on, you buy these packs, you use your debit credit card. You know, it's on the blockchain technically, but you don't even realize it. You're not paying gas. So it's a different experience than the one that you would experience on OpenSea. You know, paying, you know, buying something on the Ethereum blockchain, paying for gas fees. Um, and I think it's, 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 it works, you know, like my cousin. Cards and he's been hooked ever since, you know. Um, so I think it does bring a new market into this uh, quote unquote NFT space, but I think it's, you know, different, different zones because me and you have been in the Ethereum, you know, Gowers, uh, Discords, Whites. That's such a different, you know, experience than like this, you know, front end, easy to use uh, experience here. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great point, Maz. I mean, uh, the transition from uh, Top Shot to Ethereum and Discords and Gas and Whitelist, it, it can be very overwhelming. I know for me, oh, yeah. uh, when I first got started, it was a big change, right? And Maz, I saw a couple people asking in the chat earlier, you know, hey, can I use a credit card? to buy NFTs. And Maz, this is where that opportunity comes, right? Is that these other platforms where you can just, you know, use a debit card or use a credit card. You don't have to worry about gas. You don't have to worry about, you know, having a wallet, all that stuff. They have a bit of an advantage in terms of new people to the space, right? And we saw that, right? You know, Ticketmaster launched these NFL NFTs. Uh, as you said, right, there was the NFL, uh, you know, NFT trading cards this week. Panini launched, you know, in in packs, right? And, and then you can sell them right there on the platform. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a huge opportunity. I mean, there are so many sports fans around the world. So uh, I think this is a big opportunity for DraftKings. And we will definitely follow that story, um, you know, and share with our viewers you know, when that is officially launching and what they should expect. And I mean, Maz, I guess with that being said, you know, DraftKings said that that's going to start with next season for them, right? 2022 yeah. to 2023. Uh, Dapper Labs, right, which has NBA Top Shot, they're doing an NFL program and theirs, they said, was going to launch this season. So we're halfway through the NFL season and uh, Dapper Labs is going to be able to, you know, put out those moments hopefully soon do some playoff moments, some Super Bowl moments. If you're Dapper Labs, I mean, I guess try to put yourself in their shoes. You know that a competitor is coming next year. What do you do over the next couple months to really try to make sure that you gain a foothold in the space, uh, you know, ahead of the competition here? Yeah. I mean, it seems like first two, it seems to have an advantage right now since we're so early. First mover advantage with a good experience. Um, seems to kind of uh have that you know front run to take over the market for now so uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see that definitely uh so a name that we mentioned a lot right maz we already said it several times on today's episode is open right if you don't know what open is chances are you're newer to the nft space they are the one of the largest marketplaces out there um, you know, and for their fair share of problems that they've had um, or usability uh, issues, they are the leader um, and they are going to IPO, Maz. This is something that we've talked about for a while on the show, right? That there was hints that they were going to IPO. Um, they have a $10 million valuation now. 
But yesterday we got, you know, news that it is officially coming. They have not filed the paperwork, but they hired the former CFO of Lyft, the rideshare company, who helped Lyft go public. And he said that OpenSea is going to go public. And that's why he joined the company, right? Is that he sees an opportunity to go public and bring shares to the market. So now that we know that, Maz, is this all about timing with Coinbase bringing NFTs, uh, you know, a new marketplace? Does OpenSea know that their valuation could go down if Coinbase beats them here? Or is this just, you know, all, all about OpenSea planning it all along and just, you know, happening that it lines up with Coinbase? Hell no. Yeah, they're taking advantage <laughs> of this, man. They are taking advantage of this to the max. Um, it's funny because we have this ongoing joke that OpenSea only has three employees and they work four hours a day and they don't ever get back to, right? And they have all these issues, um, but they don't seem to care, you know, because they're valued as the top dog right now. Their valuation's insane. So, you know, I can't blame them for trying to take advantage of it. Um, however, you know, Coinbase coming soon. And then I think crypto.com is announcing they're building a platform and it wouldn't be, you know, a lot of these other, you know, companies are going to start making their own platforms. I think there's a lot of room for someone to take over. You know, I think OpenSea has a hardcore, uh, user base, um, you know, the NFT hardcore, you know, collection, but I do think it's open for anybody to take it. I think in a year from now, Chris, me and you were having a different conversation about who the top dog is. You think so? Okay. Yeah. And I would love, I mean, I would love to get open see, you know, if they come on and talk, you know, someone from their team, it'd be awesome. Uh, one of the three of, employees you think will come on the show, the Maz? Is that what you're we, got, <laughs> we have questions for them. The users have questions and I would love to hear their answers. Um, you know, so that'd be awesome. But I do think there's a, there's an opening for the taking here. Maz, so here's my other question <laughs> to you. And I, I think I have a, a, a feeling uh, that I know what you're going to say here. So one of the things that we've seen in the NFT space and crypto space, right, is launching tokens, right? Yeah. So uh, ENS, right, if you uh, registered for a domain service uh, a while back, they did an airdrop of their token, right, to anyone that had that. And that's something that adds value to people who have used your platform, right? So a lot of people have used the OpenSea platform. So one of the things that, you know, a lot of people out there thought is, hey, OpenSea should do a token, right, to reward the people who have used it, airdrop the token. Token can trade on exchanges. You know, you can either sell the token or, you know, you can hold it and, you know, participate in the rising valuation of OpenSea. So did OpenSea miss an opportunity here to do a token before their IPO? I mean, is this, you know, kind of a, a slap in the face to their loyal users and the NFT community? I think 100%, you know, it's 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 choosing their, you know, going corporate over their hardcore user base, which has made them popular, 100%. And I think that's, you know, one of those things in hindsight may affect the overall trajectory of where this company goes. Um but, you know, who knows? Again, we're still so early. It's early to call. Uh, I do think there is negative sentiment with the overall NFT community on OpenSea just because of all the issues. Again, the volume they've seen, if we look at January and we look at October, you know, the volume they've seen, I don't think they predicted it, right? So I don't think anybody predicted right. this. Yeah. If they did, they're probably very wealthy now. So, you know, it's it's something that I do think, you know, let's give them time to adjust. But so far on a transparent, you know, public uh, POV, it doesn't look that great. But again, who knows what they're planning behind the scenes. Hopefully it's something to, you know, just make it easier for all of us to do what we love, which is buying NFTs and, you know, being part of this community. Definitely. And we've got a question here from uh, Bren in the chat uh, asking about the OpenSea IPO. So are we talking months, years? What is the typical timeline from filing date to IPO open? So great question there, Bren. So again, OpenSea has not officially filed. Normally when you file the paperwork, it's around three to six months before that IPO actually happens. So they hired the CFO who has experience taking a company public. So he's going to come in, you know, uh, make sure all the financials are in line, paint a great picture of their growth, line up some bankers, some investors, and then they'll file and go public. So my guess is OpenSea won't be public until, you know, the second half of 2022, maybe a little earlier. 
Um, and with that being said, Maz, I mean, Coinbase could, they could completely uh, change the the timing and value of this IPO. Because if they launch over the next couple of weeks, they take over. I mean, OpenSea may not want to IPO anymore later on next year. And, and also Coinbase, what if Coinbase did a token? You know, what if yeah. uh, they, they registered and if you signed up for their NFT marketplace, you automatically got the token? What kind of impact would that have on uh, uh, their initial platform and taking share from uh, OpenSea? Yeah, I mean, that'd be huge, right, to see. Um, and I guess they kind of have an advantage because they have, you know, a bunch of liquid too, and they've seen everything OpenSea has done wrong and maybe almost capitalize on that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that, Chris. I can't wait to see Coinbase hopefully soon. They said end of the year. I don't know, you know. Do you hear me? No, I missed you. You cut out. What did you say? Sorry. Oh, do you think Coinbase launches before 2022? I, I, I feel like, yes. I feel like they've been pretty quiet recently. And before when they were doing, you know, the NFT announcement and stuff like that. And, and also, I mean, they just had so much publicity with Art Basel, right? They had a huge presence down there. They built up, you know, some uh, networking with different communities. Uh, I feel like Coinbase, they're going to launch soon. I feel like that's why maybe it's been a little quieter um, in, in their like tweets and stuff about it. But I mean, they've got 2.5 million people registered and I just feel like now's the time. And again, a huge opportunity if if they launch and take share from OpenSea. So win Coinbase, hopefully soon. Exactly. Chris, <clears throat> there's a lot of drama over the last week and we've mentioned this in the last couple episodes. Punks versus apes, right? We talked about are the apes going to flip the punks in value? And, you know, we saw the uh, the punks drop in value, you know, over the last you know week or two. Uh, we saw a lot. Of, so their biggest holder, you know, tweeted saying that he was unhappy with Larva Labs and how they don't communicate with him and how they just, you know, disrespected him in a way. Um, and he just started selling his punks and just kind of talking about, you know, how he just wanted to move on from this project. Um, so we saw, you know. Does Bored Apes take punks? That's the question we ask again. You know, what do you guys think of the comments? What do you think, Chris? Yeah, let us know in the comments, guys. Punks or apes? I, I'm on the the side of yes. Apes abs absolutely, uh, you know, pass punks. And, you know, we've outlined some of those reasons before. The, the large community, I mean, what is Larva Labs doing? You just said it, right? That there's several punks holders unhappy with the communication from Larva Labs. Larva Labs did that. You got, you know, the me bit, right? before yeah. if you had a punk but since then what have they really done what's your value in holding a crypto punk other than you know the value of the asset going up whereas board ape has done you know uh kennel club mutant apes they've done all kinds of events they're also launching a token right there's not yeah. a crypto punks token coming there's a board ape token coming which i think is just going to increase that value Board Ape is doing the game we talked about, right? Where you can win prizes playing a mobile game. There's not a CryptoPunks mobile game, right? So it is just, it's all about now, right? And it seems like Larva Labs has kind of gone away, right? And they're just happy with what they already accomplished, whereas Board Ape is driving forward. So to me, I, I just think more people are going to want and own an ape because of the value, but also the use cases. Um, you know, so that's where I'm at on apes. And I actually think it's going to happen sooner than I originally predicted. I mean, we saw pressure on selling uh, punks over the weekend and we've seen board ape, you know, stay pretty consistent over that 50 ETH. For me, Maz, yeah. this is almost kind of like a battle between Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? <laughs> Bitcoin is the, the old dog, right? Where it's the, the store boomers, of value. So <laughs> it's, yeah. And it's the store of value. And maybe, you know, and you can use it as currency, right? Whereas Ethereum is something that's being, you know, built upon, right? You're using Ethereum for NFTs and other things. So I feel like a lot of people, you know, have shifted from Bitcoin to Ethereum because of the use cases. And I think that's a, a similar parallel here with apes and punks. What do you think, Maz? Is it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And, you know, uh, what do you think of the use cases of one over the other here? 
Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, you know, it's a crazy scene. I'm reading all the comments here. Apes, apes, yeah. apes. Um, you know, and it feels like punks, you know, they came out years ago. Apes came out this year. But what they've done so much, you know, they've done so much for the cultural community aspect, whereas punks almost just relies on the fact that they kind of started this whole wave of, you know, PFPs. And, you know, they're not the first on chain, I think, you know, I'm sure there was one or two before, uh, but they are the main ones that people know. Right. So they have that significance, the historic significance, I think is always going to have some sort of value. Um but I would personally rather own an ape right now just because it's it's much more fun and engaging to be in the community, to get all these benefits. We saw the NFT uh, festival that they had the concert, Little Baby. I'm sure they had the board. They had the actual yacht you were in for the party. And I'm sure next year is going to be even crazier. Um, so just from an experience point of view, view and, you know, value going up, I think the apes have a long way to go. Um, punks will hold their value, I think. You know, that's a tough question. In five years, Chris, what will be worth more, a bored ape or a crypto punk? What do you think? That's, I can't, I don't know. I I think in five years, I think an ape, definitely. I, I mean, really? I almost feel like, I, I feel like we may see it. No, I don't know if I want to say this. I, I feel like we're going to see it sooner than five years. I almost feel like we're going to see it next year, 2022. Yeah. No, I think I it'll think... pass it. I think it'll pass it. But what will it sustain it? That's the thing. I do think CryptoPunks has that historic museum artifact type of value to it, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the other thing buried behind here, though, Mass, too, is that they both have talent agency deals in place. So, you know, if punks come out and, you know, they launch a movie or a show, all of a sudden, maybe that brings some value back, right? Same with Board Eight. They have a talent agency deal. If they launch, you know, uh, partnerships, they have already, I mean, we've got the Adidas partnership, but if they build upon that, I mean, it could be a race to see who gets more of the headlines over the next year too, because we know what that can do for value, um, you know, with partnerships. And I mean, it, maybe Larva Labs is sitting quietly behind the scenes and they have something planned. Maybe they're going to do an airdrop or another NFT. And we've all just been sleeping on that fact that, uh, you know, that could happen, right? It's a possibility. So, I mean, I, I feel like Apes passes it, but I just feel like there's so many question marks. But to me personally, I think I would rather want to own an Ape going forward. And especially at this valuation, because I think Apes just have more upside than punks over the next year, five years, and into the future. So let me ask you this, and then we'll move on. If you could, so if you could own two items, right? Would you own two apes, two punks, or one of each? I mean, so just not strictly on dollar, you're talking like based on growth? Based on growth, what you think, yeah. <sighs> that's a That's a tough one. Cause like the, the stock market guy in me wants to say one of each, cause I want to capitalize on both, but really based on the growth and the use cases, I, I got to go to apes here. I, I mean, really? I just think the upside's there. What, what about you, Maz? Two punks, one of each. two apes one or of one of each, one of each, split one it down each, the middle. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I saw a couple, uh, you know, ape owners, big ape owners, they were saying, oh, this is a great time. They're selling one or two of their apes by a punk right now. Since, yeah. You know, there is, yep. you know. There's a negative, you know, FUD right now on them. Um, but yeah, I do think they're both great projects. And dude, Apes launched earlier this year. You know, that's absolutely insane to think about. <laughs> and, and Alyssa in the chat saying that she would own one of each. Uh, guys in the chat, I mean, let us know. Uh, that's a great question posed by, by Mass here. Again, not based on value, because punks obviously are worth more now, but just looking for the growth. If you could invest in one of each, two punks or two apes what do you think has the highest upside going forward um let us know in the chat as we move on uh you know to the next topic because maybe we can uh, read some of these replies later yep all right what do we have next here chris all right so speaking of uh apes right a project that we talked about shortly after the mint ape kids club I mean, we've seen ape derivatives come and go. We've seen hot projects come and go, right? This is one where we talked about it. It was around a floor of 0.2. It is 0.65 today. And it's getting more and more publicity, right? We saw the largest board ape yacht club owner buy up a bunch of ape kids club. 
We also saw big sales coming in, right? We saw a 25 ETH sale for a rare Ape Kids Club NFT. 25 ETH. There it is on screen. I mean, look at that. That is, I mean, Maz, that's kind of QAF, right? But 25 ETH, I mean, that's that's a big price tag for, for you know, something with a floor of 0. 0.6. Um, they also had some, you know, some big sales of 10 and 13 ETH. And then also I saw on Twitter that big boy from Outcast, uh, he showed off his right there on screen. That is his Ape Kid Club that he owns. Now, he did not make this his profile picture on Twitter. He just tweeted about it, right? But he's got millions of followers. Obviously, Outcast is a well-known uh, musical group. Um, so, you know, seeing a big name in this. But Maz, I mean, celebrities... And the Board Ape Yacht Club community both supporting Ape Kids Club. What do you think? Is this project here to stay? And, and is there more growth ahead? Um, I think the biggest thing, yes, yeah, being endorsed by Board Ape founders or not founders, but holders, especially their top holders. Um, you know, they're they're cool looking, you know, they're cute. Um, I don't know much about the community. I just know it was very hyped. You know, I I did get yeah, whitelisted for this, I yep. think. But there was a, like I forgot they had a lot in their Discord already, so they they've done well with their marketing it seems, um, you know. And yeah, it's great that people you know maybe use it as an entry to the ape, you know, even though they're not officially board ape, you know, project. It's almost it almost resembles that, and it almost brings you as a secondary effect to the community if you know top holders are board ape, uh, you know, community members. So, you know, I do see that as a plus. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's a 10k supply, you know, 5k holders. That's that's great already. Yeah. Um so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the floor sustains at this price or even goes up even more depending on what the roadmap looks like. Um but yeah, I do like to see that the owners are 5k. That's great. Yeah, nice ownership. Good call out there, Maz. Uh here's something uh to to bring to your attention and our viewers here. Um they actually tweeted out recently. So if we can pull up that tweet one of the things when they launched is that they have four Easter egg traits hidden inside their NFTs. So those four traits are super rare and will reveal in the future. So one of them that they announced was there, there's a carousel um, in the, the background. And anyone who had one of the Ape Kids Club with the carousel got entered into a drawing for tickets to Disneyland. Now, Maz, this is something you and I talk to with these teams all the time, right? What are your favorite traits? What are some hidden traits? Uh, is this a, a cool idea to do hidden traits that maybe don't pop up on OpenSea, don't get appreciated in terms of value? It, it, there it is right there. Disneyland ticket giveaway. So there's the carousel. I mean, Maz, would you have noticed this carousel? Uh, I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't have looked at it, right? But uh, they did announce that there's going to be four Easter egg traits. What do you think of that idea of these projects, you know, doing some hidden traits and rewarding people who maybe find them or, or luck into them? I love that. I think that's an awesome idea to gamify, you know, uh, rarities uh, and just add extra value to these little, you know, things in the in the pictures here. I think that's great. You know, if I was if I, if I owned a project, I would probably do something very similar and almost rotate every, you know, quarter or something, you know, every quarter there'd be yeah. some, that'd be a new, uh, you know, background, a new trait that I would make, you know, it'd give you this extra benefit has nothing to do with how rare or how not rare an item is. Um, so just, it just rewards people that collect these pieces because they like, you know, sometimes the, you know, again, I buy projects sometimes because of pure aesthetic reasons, not because I want to sell, not because I want to buy. So we look at these pieces and we just, purely like them for what they have like the little you know whoever bought this may have liked the carousel so they bought that it may not be rare but now if you see that you get a ticket so that's awesome yeah definitely i i just love that idea right again maz we, we focus so many times on the rare traits right that's something we talked about with teams last week right is that the rare traits usually have the highest value but sometimes the cool traits right go underappreciated or something we saw with Board Ape Yacht Club even, right, is um, the, uh, the the clean traits, right? Where maybe it's an ape without a hat, an ape without clothes, right? And, and those can end up becoming rare too because there's less of them. They're clean looking. They make great profile pictures. So 
you know, traits play such an important part of the NFT space. And I just really like what Ape Kids Club is doing here. Um, you know, let us know in the chat if you own an Ape Kids Club. I know that this is a project, like Mass said, that was, uh, you know, pretty hyped up. I, I didn't mint any. Um, I wasn't at the computer when these launched. And, you know, it, it's just, it, it's a cool one. And again, supported by a lot of the Board Ape Yacht Club community, which is a positive sign. And as Maz said, 5,000 unique holders. I, I like that as well. Uh, Maz, uh, another topic, right? You heard me say in the, the top 10 from last week, the sandbox is one we talked about, right? So I wrote an article recently. Uh, it's not published yet on Benzinga, but it's talking about some big sales in virtual land. So, I mean, Axie Infinity, they had a $2 million land sale. Uh, Decentraland and the Sandbox had some huge sales, including Maz. Did you see the story about how someone paid um, hundreds of thousands of dollars to be Snoop Dogg's neighbor, neighbor. Um, yeah. in the metaverse? Uh, that, that's pretty cool, right? Uh, and a nice flex. But uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of these NFT uh, owners and you know groups that we've interviewed say that they're buying virtual land. Do you think that virtual land, you know, is really going to be for for the big name people, the big name companies, the NFT projects themselves? Or do we really start to see, you know, uh, the individual NFT investors start buying land because of the potential of the metaverse? Yeah, I mean, I I've know a couple of people that have been buying land, you know, for a while now. But the problem is, it's that a lot of people are priced out now. It's just very expensive, yeah. man. That's yeah. the thing, right? So yeah, I'm most likely most of these companies are gonna start buying this. But for the normal person, it seems like they're priced out far. So, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool to see that, huh? It's like a nice. It's crazy how some are worth more than you know physical properties. And that yeah, you they're going for more than houses. Virtual yeah. neighbor. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to tell you you're nuts. You know, they're going to tell you you're absolutely crazy. Yeah. You know, right-click save people are going to come after you. Um, oh, for so, sure, for sure. <laughs> I mean, we see that all the time. Imagine you tell them you bought yeah. property, dude. They're going to like, it's hilarious. But I do think there is some value to this. Um, I still think there's price discovery to be had. Uh, I think we'll see some fluctuations in prices. Um, how liquid are these two? You know, you can probably find... Yeah. Some good deals, you know, any time from now, you know, in the next couple of years, we'll see some volatility. So you will have opportunities to get, I feel like, if you would want to. Um, but yeah, I think it's crazy seeing the map. And I've seen a lot of projects buy land. That's in the roadmap now. I'm yeah. seeing yep. they launch a project. Their next thing is, okay, we're going to take some of these profits and we're going to buy land in Sandbox. And we're going to build our community there to come hang out. So it's cool seeing that, you know. Yeah, Maz, you mentioned a great point that a lot of people are probably priced out of this. So I know the two big ones are the Sandbox and Decentraland. With that being said, do you think there's opportunity for like a new virtual land platform to launch and try to appeal to maybe the people that missed out on these two? I, I feel like there are some smaller ones, but I really haven't, you know, dove into them or heard much about them so could there be opportunity there or because of the brand name awareness of the sandbox and decentraland i mean are they the two to to you know just winner take all going forward it seems like it you know i'm sure there's room for a couple more um to get some market share but i think the top market share is going to be these two guys for for a while unless something drastic happens or unless some new technology innovation happens with these other ones that come um but absolutely you know i think these guys will definitely be the leaders in the you know virtual land you know game for at least now you know so yeah yeah i gotta i gotta look at getting some land there but as you <laughs> said maz i mean I, I don't know paying you know for just a plot of land i mean more than what maybe a house goes for uh, you know, it is quite the uh, the investment and the risk. I mean, look at the the floor price there. Uh, I mean, but it, it's pretty cool. And, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, metaverse growth is here to stay and it is just going to grow. I mean, with Roblox, Facebook, these other companies, you know, going all in. And as you said, all these NFT projects. Look how tiny it is. Yeah, you get, yeah, you get one imagine, little square, right? Imagine you. You tell your wife and friends you paid fifteen thousand dollars plus. Man. For that I, don't, I don't want any part of that, Maz. So I don't think I want to say that on stream right now Look because I can't that imagine is. having that conversation. So, oh my god, that is terrible. People just don't get it yet, huh? That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
All right. Well, it looks like we're having some problems getting the uh, the chat to show up on the screen here, but I do have uh, YouTube pulled up so I can read the comments as they come in. So we've got a couple minutes left here. So anyone, if you have any NFT projects to look at, let us know in the chat. We'll try to pull it up real quick. Look at the artwork, you know, look at the roadmap. Uh, Maz, is there anything else out there that you're kind of watching or looking forward to future NFT drops or reveals uh, that could be happening soon? Dude, I'm just a little curious to the whole NFT market. You know, we've seen it change since we started. It seems like we're in the oversupply under demand phase right now, right? right? We talked about Oni, how they made a run up a couple weeks ago, back to over one ETH. They're down heavy now. Um, so it was like a pump the news Coinbase, you know? So I'm just curious to see what, what there's just so much supply. You know, what happens yeah. next? You know, what what's the next step up here? You know, so uh, closely and just, you know, seeing all these projects come on. Um, yeah, just seeing the overall market. That's kind of where my eyes are right now. Nothing in particular. What about you? Anything catching your eye? Yeah, no, that's the same. I, I've been spending a lot of time on Discord, right? I've been grinding out for some whitelist spots, right? Because we know how valuable yeah. potential whitelists can be, right? Uh, uh, that's something that takes some time, though, Maz. I mean, to to earn a whitelist spot in some of these Discords, you got to be, you know, super active. You got to get a certain number of invites. But but we see the value there, right? If you get in early on some of these projects, it can be a huge difference. Also, if you have whitelist, you get to see, you know how many people are minting this project ahead of the public sale? And you can kind of determine, hey, there's real demand for this or, hey, there's not demand for this. I mean, I've been on several whitelists where then I decided not to mint, right? Because you saw that the demand wasn't there from even the pre-sale people. So, I mean, again, I think Discord is one of the, the big places to be, um, you know, to be in Discords that are sharing alpha and ideas, right? And then to also join new Discords and really dive into what that project's all about. And you can see how active that community is, right? Is everyone there just trying to shill other projects? Are they trying to grind out on the whitelist, right, by spamming the chat? Or are people just hanging out, you know, because they love the community? What do you think, Maz? Uh, you know, are, are you doing the same in Discords right now? Yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, whitelist thing now. Um... It's just so there's just so many man it's just so many to keep track of um you know i try to make as many whitelists as i can and then i forget about them and then i go back into it yeah. it just seems like you know we're in that i think we're in a sweet spot now something's gonna change you know, oversaturated i i think something's gonna change um and i'm excited to see what it is because i mean the space has innovated itself you know from when we started to what it is now it's 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 moving fast so yeah you you said you wanted to see a change. You want you're seeing oversaturation. I I got two words right. Win Coinbase. I mean, two point five yeah. million mm -hmm. people that, that are ready to go. Uh, maybe that could uh, fix some of the oversupply issues because maybe we could see you know some people uh, scooping up some of these forgotten about projects and you know maybe the teams bring new life into them. Right. We we've seen exactly. that before where some of these yeah. dead projects come back to life, they issue a token or they they turn it into a Genesis project and launch a, a spinoff, right? Um, so, yeah. you know, sometimes projects can, can come back, but I'm with you. We, we've got oversupply. A lot of these NFTs, you, you either buy in, you sell right away on the hype, or you hold for, for the long term, right? And you really grow with the community because a lot of times the price comes comes down shortly after the mint and the reveal. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, it doesn't look like I'm seeing too many uh, mentions there in the chat. Again, we, we are having some trouble with the live chat showing up on screen, um, but I think that's going to do it for us. Um, so as I said, no roadmap uh, the rest of this week, right? Wednesday and Thursday. Maz, we've got looks rare Thursday night though, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, we do. Um, All we right. Cool so guest lined up, so it'll be fun. Yeah, so if you guys are missing NFT coverage, right, and you're missing the roadmap, don't worry. Maz has got you covered with Looks Rare Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Any uh, teaser or any uh, info on that guest, Maz? Um, big Gary V endorsed project. So okay. that's, that's, you okay. know, so he came out, you know, heavy with them. So I'm curious to talk about that experience. So it should be fun.
Definitely. All right. Well, take care, everyone. Uh, stay tuned. We got pre-market prep at the close coming up, talking about the day in stocks and crypto. Yes. And then if you're looking for NFT coverage, as I said, looks rare Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And Maz and I will be back next week with more episodes of The Roadmap. You can follow us on Twitter with our handles right there on screen and let us know what NFT communities do you love? Who should we be talking to? And share this in your Discord so we can have more guests and more interviews in the future. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.